everybody to episode 11, 11, 11 of Excuse the Fandom. This is Dave. And this is Ben. We've been doing this for a little while now. This will officially be the guaranteed night or day, depending on when this comes and drops in iTunes, of Excuse the Fandom. So you can look forward to that weekly at this time for sure. Yes. Might have some other ones sprinkled in every now and again, but this is the time that you can expect us. Yes. Every every Wednesday night, we plan to record yeah. a weekly basis. Yeah, our schedules will align, the stars will meet, and podcasts will be made. It's a beautiful time to be alive. Yeah, it's a beautiful time because guess what we have this weekend, which is the topic we're going to talk about a little bit, not too much, but college football. College football is back. Yeah. Totally forgot to put that in our notes, but it's, it is it's, back. We can't like not talk about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the elephant in the room. Yeah. There's besides a, Conor McGregor. Besides Conor McGregor. It happened Irish Saturday, yeah, not Friday. Yeah, we messed that up. Apologize for that. It was indeed Saturday. Yeah, Soli was convinced. I think a leprechaun told me it was Friday. Someone did. There was yeah. a few things that made me think it was Friday, but it was it was wrong. Yeah, a lot Completely of signs wrong. for some reason pointed to Friday. <laughs> we both were duped. Anyway, so we'll talk about a little college football. I will be solo in a uh, bone to pick segment. Going to pick. Ben doesn't have anything mad or in love with this week. It's more so we kind of agree on our bone to pick, so we're we're both yeah. going to discuss it. Yeah, it's a good one. But Dave's got more to say, so I'm going to let him take the yeah, lead sure on that I one. That's, yeah, okay. Uh, and then we got MLB playoffs are starting to heat up. We're almost oh, yeah. a month out. Things are about to get cray. Real cray, especially in the AL wildcard race. The NL is kind of like almost... Almost solved at this point. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty close to being Unless finished. one of the NL Central teams decides to pick it up and catch the NL West teams in the wild card, it's pretty pretty much solidified. So we'll talk about that a little bit. We will talk about the uh, Kyrie trade. Oh, Kyrie. Yeah, we'll touch again on that, mostly because there's some drama involved. Always. Of course. Yeah, anything kind involving somehow LeBron. I know he's like the fifth thing down the line in this trade, but it still involves him a little bit. That's why there's drama. Uh, there's drama with everything that he touches. Yeah, I think exactly. he loves it. Yeah, exactly. And it just makes it more interesting. It makes the NBA offseason continually more interesting. And then we will wrap it up, like we always do, with Excuse the Fantasy. Yeah, we have two special things to go with you two. for you guys tonight. Two. We're going to do a little recap of a draft we had with friends. Just to touch on like how we felt like we did during that draft. And then we'll talk a little by ourselves, a little action, a little game. Yeah, we like we like our fantasy games. Yeah, I told Ben I like games. I was like, let's do more games. Yeah, let's do more like banter. That's banter. I I cooked that up. So yeah. So I'll get into my my bone to pick, which is a lot of people's bone to picks going into this week, and it's the NFL preseason. And what do we need to do to get rid of it? I think we're finally at a stopping ground where in the next collective bargaining agreement. It definitely needs to be, if not the biggest talking point, like the second biggest. And it's because we're seeing a decline in viewership, whether it's TV or if it's at games or anything like that. Like at this point, people are going to them just for the fun of it. Not even because there's a football game going on. It's just because it's another social thing for that week. Yeah. The people are going to it like it's a baseball game, which isn't good for the NFL. Right. Exactly. They're going for it for the social part. Tickets are relatively cheaper than normal. And you can still get the football action, quote-unquote. I did air quotes there for those who can't see that. Um, it's just like you're not seeing a good quality product, obviously, because we know what it's about. Um, 
it's just it's something that just needs to go away. And then the other fold of that, besides the product and the, the disinterest in viewing it, that product, is these injuries that keep happening. I mean, we saw three players that directly impact those teams' playoff chances. Maybe not the Bears' playoff chances, obviously, <laughs> but like those three teams in their success. That was Cameron Meredith. That was Spencer Ware. It was just so much going on this past weekend. It was crazy. Yeah, not to mention Edelman, too. Yeah, I didn't even want to mention Edelman. I tried to not remember Patriots names. Like, <laughs> oh, sorry. I, yeah, I was trying to like shun that one a little bit. Because <laughs> you know they're going to be fine. They have like three other white receivers on that team that just all they always produce anyway. <laughs> three other white receivers? Yeah, they do. They all do the same thing, too. They're all like, like a byproduct of each other. It's crazy. It's like one drops and another one pops up. And they have they drafted one, so they, it's like they, they just, like plant them in the ground and just sprout up. Yeah, so like that's a huge point in in the whole talking point of like getting rid of the preseason is that people are are getting injured when they don't need to be getting injured. We see college football be able to put a product on the field week one that may not be the greatest finished product in college football because we'll see that in week seven, eight, and as we finish the year. But it's a product and it still looks good and it still works. Like most college teams roll with a sophomore quarterback for game one, like the Terps are doing that this week. But they figure it out. Like yeah. a sophomore quarterback, it's like a 19-year-old leading your team. And NFL teams most of the time have an eight-year veteran leading their team, and they can't figure it out in the game one. I think that's a load of crap, and I think that they can figure it out. Yeah, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Right, and I think we all know at this point that the owners, for the most part, just want the money grab because it's ticket sales, it's concession sales, it's parking sales, it's TV viewership sales. Like, you know, there's so much money involved with the preseason, that's why... The whole theory is if they get rid of preseason games, they just add two more regular season games. I don't even think you need to do that. No. The NFL is one of a kind. I think if you took four games away, you're going to draw that much more interest for those 16 games that do exist. Yeah, for sure. So, like, for I just sure. I just think it's time for us to see it finally go. And, like, the players, I think, will definitely fight for that. This time around in the CBA, I think it's going to be a huge talking point. I think, like I said, if, if it's going to be preseason games in that CBA agreement, and then it's also probably going to be the whole franchise tag thing. Yeah. Trying to sort that. I think those are going to be the two two bugaboos uh, for the NFL Players Association to kind of hash out and really get kind of going back in the players' players' way because we're definitely seeing the owners kind of have a little bit more leeway than most leagues have in that terms. But, yeah, I think preseason, in my opinion, has to go. I don't well, know. Yeah, the, the Chargers who are playing in a – that's not their, like, home, but they're – I forget which stadium it's it is. It's called the StubHub Center. StubHub Center. It's the LA Galaxy home field. Yes. For an MLS soccer team, which I mean, it's great for MLS. It sells out every but time. But it only houses 26,000 people around there, and they can't even sell these games out. Where in Baltimore, we have MT Bank Stadium. It's not even that big of a stadium, and it, it's over 70,000 yeah. like seats. And the Chargers cannot even sell 26,000. I think they have like 21,000. Like, that's that's kind of ridiculous. I don't really think that's a good look for the NFL. I mean, I guess you can say, well, if they had a full-size like full stadium and they only sold 21,000 tickets, it would look like Miami, which would just be bad. It's like the Dolphins can never sell their tickets. But, I mean, still, like 21,000, it isn't even, I feel like, worth all that aggravation if you're an owner. Like, it's yeah. not a lot of ticket sales anyway. So, right. like, what is the big deal with cutting those games out? Like, but I think, I think the biggest argument... If someone's going to counter-argue that, that point alone, just because it's Chargers in Miami, it's because they're a nightlife town. Like I, That was my biggest fear with having one team in L.A. Yeah, in the one NFL, team. Let alone two teams in the NFL in L.A. They're not really a like, – besides the Lakers and the I guess the Clip, Clippers, like, no. Lob City came around and they were all excited to go to those games. But like they don't go to sporting events like they normally do. Like Dodgers games, even though they are – 
far and beyond the best team in baseball we've seen probably in, in a long time. 20 years at, at least. least. Yeah. Almost. So, like, I think that that's the biggest argument they'd have. But, no, I do agree. Like, the fact that you can't marginally get close to selling out stadiums for these games is a bad sign. Yeah, it's not good at all. So, I just, I don't know. The preseason just is something that they keep clinging on to and clinging on to. And we're seeing it slowly die down. There's been some great counterpoints to the argument. You know, the Ravens used to do a great thing when I was a kid where in Westminster you could go to McDaniel College and you could watch training camp live or another thing. And then they kind of went away from that to have it back at Owings Mills, kind of closed, except for like three or four times a year. Make those three or four times a year paid. Maybe make me spend four and twenty bucks to come watch. Yeah, that, that's how you do it right there. Or make the Eagles come down or the Redskins come up. Twenty dollars for me to come watch a joint practice. Yes, a lot of fighting happens during that time period, but I'd rather see like them like, literally duke it out, both physically and kind of football wise, in a joint practice rather than watching third strings fight third strings in the preseason game where like no one moves the ball up and down the field, kind of just look lame. I'd just rather see a better product by the paper or something. Yeah, for, from the fans' perspective, it's just a taste of football. Like, it's really all yeah, it is. Exactly. It's like the first football that we get for the year. So, like, I love that idea, the joint practice idea. Joint practices, like, yeah, obviously you can still have the Hall of Fame game. That's fine. Yeah, that's that's, that's obviously an established tradition. And if you don't really want to get rid of that, that I, can, I can live with that. But there's other ways around... This whole I can get money from preseason games. Like we can, you can still get money. Yeah, I mean, even if they cut it to two preseason games, as long as they don't make it in eighteen game regular season, I'm not on board necessary. with that. It's way, sixteen games is too long as it is according right, to most players. You're still going to get more injuries. Like, yeah, it's, it's not going to solve the injury issue, which is going to dilute your product in the first place. Yeah, so I I would definitely be on board for shortening it to two games. Yeah. Even that, like that's not completely eliminating it. I think it's a good compromise. Yeah. Agreed. So that that would be my solution. But there's four games. It's just too much. It's just it's too boring. I don't want to watch too them. much going on. I just I don't know. I'd rather watch. It was great watching the Ravens preseason game on Saturday because our first team defense looks good. But like as soon as they go away and take series off, like it's not nearly the product that people should. Like be forking over to see, and yeah. like, a lot of people. That's probably the only game they'll see all year in person, and like that's not the greatest representation of what they should see. Not in my eyes. Oh yeah, for sure. It's so, like I think if not. you had two preseason games or joint practices, fans could get that up close and personal feeling with joint practices. They could really feel like they're a part of the team, a part of the game, make it more interesting. You could still, like I said, charge for parking, charge for tickets, charge for concessions. You'll get your money. Yeah, there's better ways to get your money, and it's probably more entertaining than the preseason games for everyone involved. For every players, for fans, you know, I don't think there'll be nearly as many injuries randomly happening because they'll have more breaks in between, like they do in regular practice. Just think about it. Yeah, going to training camp was one of my favorite experiences as a kid. It was so cool. It was so cool to go to to McDaniel College and just watch sitting in the back of the end zone, just like right where the touchdowns happened. Yeah, it was great. It was great. It was cool. It was a fun time. Bring it back. You know, there's ways to do that, ways to bring that experience back to people, and that's not through preseason. Yeah, it's way more engaging for the fans than to yep. be up in the stands. Like, you're you're down on the field with the players, even if it's from a distance. It's still, like, it's a lot cooler than just sitting up in the stands. Yeah, and exactly. Them, and that's, you know, them. this whole fan perspective is what we guys guarantee you guys when yeah. we first started this. And that's what we're trying to portray is, like, this is what fans want to see. This is not... That's what sports is all about, is right. the fans. It's because entertainment. With, without so without us, you're not going to be making that money. Yeah. Like, you're just not. It's it's not a business so, until, if the fans don't exist. Right. So. so, like, the NFL is slowly finding ways to, like, lose interest in people. Don't keep doing that. Change it now. Let's figure out ways to 
keep people interested or renew interest. Yeah, I mean, you've seen what what baseball has done when it's, it's refused to adapt yep. for a while. So the NFL really needs to to Stop. step that up. Yeah. yeah. So let's move right into. We'll keep the football going a little bit. We're not going to stay long in the college football, mostly because we don't really have to. We're not. We're not diehard college football. Yeah, guys. we're not. We just. We. I, it's entertaining to talk about the top teams, though. Right. So it's mostly are. because our biggest team in the, the area is the Terps and. When yeah. Durkin's going to turn them in a good direction. They're not in a good conference to be in a good direction. No, it's they they get destroyed on a weekly basis. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's not the greatest representation. Maybe that's why we don't love college football like most people should. That being said, I think they have a good chance against Texas this weekend. Yeah, I think they do too. I think yeah. Texas really needs to be on an upset alert this yeah. week. Texas needs to literally be riding the new emotion of the new head coach, in my opinion, because Durkin's now what second, third year. Yeah. Really instilling the defense that he had at Michigan into the Terps. I think that's huge. I think, you know, the more you can get your schemes and that kind of stuff involved in college, it's easier for you to handle. Um, we saw that with a lot of good college coaches that get that first two years, first one or two years under their belt, and then you can really start seeing those dividends pay off. Yeah, and the recruiting class. Now, I don't know any specific players that have been recruited, but I know better, that better. this was our best recruiting class for the last like decade or so. Yeah. Like it's been it's been a good class. So I think they actually have some athletes to work with now. Yep. I think Texas really needs to be. Yeah, exactly. I think Durkin's done a great job. Um, it's probably always been my biggest complaint, both in basketball and football with Maryland. Maybe that's why I, I as a kid, kind of went towards North Carolina, but they're not. Absolutely not good at getting the DMV. Anywhere in the, uh, the DMV area, they're just not good at recruiting. And Durkin's definitely turned a page. Yeah, He's gotten a lot more Baltimore kids, a lot more homegrown kids to come down and play football in Maryland. I think that's only going to help boost their program. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, I really like the direction Maryland's headed in. Florida State, Michigan, huge game. It's the biggest game by far. Week I don't know. Florida State, Alabama's pretty good. That's a thing, right? You you assume at Florida, Michigan. Yeah, Florida, Michigan. You said Florida State. Oh yeah, yeah. Florida, Michigan, Florida State, Alabama. That's you got okay. me. I I was like, wait, that's not right. But yeah, so Florida State, Alabama is the one I was thinking of in my head. Yeah, that's I'm, the biggest game we've won. I'm honestly more excited for Michigan. That's yeah, I'm more excited for Michigan just because I love myself some Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, we really like carbs. Yeah, we really do. Yeah, we eat carbs for breakfast. I wouldn't go that far. Maybe as like a light snack, but not breakfast. I thought carbs were in everything. Carbs. Carbs. Oh, carbs, yeah. Oops. Yeah. Easy misconception. No, but yeah, I think anytime you can see Bama lose one in the first week is great. Oh, yeah. Then Nick That's, Saban can cry. Yeah. The world can rejoice. Maybe the Patriots lose week one and him oh and Belichick together just eat a bowl. I would start crying gallon if that happens. Ice cream. A gallon. A gallon. Wow. Each, each a gallon. Each. No, no, I like used to it. So, yeah, they'll go. They'll probably have to do it together. Yeah, each a gallon of Edie's. Yeah. That's not my favorite ice cream, but yeah, no, sure. That's what they'd be stuck with, honestly. Yep. So I'm, I'd be so happy if they both lost. I'm not a fan of either one. Yeah. I, I really think... don't have a good reason to not be a fan of either one, other than that they're pretty good. Yeah. I, I hate to admit that, but they're the best at yeah. what they do. So. And it's like the theory that you're either with dynasties or you're without, against them. Yeah. We're both against them. We're both against them. Yeah. Vehemently, no. Part of the reason is I have a diehard Dolphins fan is one of my best friends and he witnessed Nick Saban just <laughs> completely destroy that franchise in one year where he could have had Drew Brees you know like yeah he they had their shot at Drew Brees and he decided to go with Dante Culpepper at quarterback 
That was yeah. a smart move. Yeah. Definitely Younger me out. liked that a lot because I like Carl Pepper so much, but older me is just like, whoa. <laughs> like, that was that has to be one of Such the a bad worst move. decisions personnel-wise in NFL history. Yeah. And then he just bailed after years, like, yeah, I'm not into this. There's this whole Alabama thing I can go for. Yeah. I can actually be good and not in Miami where yeah. I suck. That took a turn. But, no, I think seeing, <laughs> seeing Florida State, uh, really probably a formidable opponent, play Alabama early is huge. Gives uh, Alabama a good idea of what they're going to face probably in that top four championship. Oh, yeah, because even if they lose this week, they're still going to probably... They have to... They need help again because they, they yeah. have to have four teams or at least... They can't have four undefeated teams Yeah, they, can't, there, they so. can't afford to have like Clemson and Florida State look real good. Obviously, one of those is going to have to lose. Uh, you can't have those two look good. You can't have USC look great. And then... You know, Big Ten teams have two great teams. Too. Yeah, and you, you can't, just wouldn't be in a good spot. If, if you lose this week, you absolutely cannot lose again. Nope. The SEC is not looking good. No, but has, they have a couple. They have wild cards. They have a couple wild cards. Wild cards. That's the the best word yeah, for it, probably. Definitely. Um, I think you got that. And then, like I said, Florida State, Michigan is probably the next best game. We love some Harbs. I just I think he's great. I think the fact that he gave out a roster of current. Michigan players in the NFL as the roster for the weekend was hilarious. Oh, yeah. People took that as, you know, a little little shade, probably stepping it too far. I think it's just Jim doing Jim things. Let him be. Yeah, he, he likes spices to have it fun, up. Yeah. yeah. Making football great again. It, really? Like, I don't know why people are so, like, mad at him for him being so entertaining. Like, it's it's really some of the best things to watch. Or like, yeah. that's, I think that's why I hate Saban and Belichick, because they're so serious. Like, they're so serious, and they're so, like, by the book, and they have these, you know, strange rules. and Like, it's great. It's but very robotic, even from the team. It's just not fun to watch. But, like, Harv just keeps it real. Like, he does these satellite cams. He wears a jersey from that home. Like, City, every time he goes to a satellite camp, like, he's fresh. He's got those khakis, man. Like those khakis, real fresh. Those yeah. Walmart khakis. It's great. I think he gets freshens up, freshens up college football. Uh, I think the other big thing is just to watch is the start of the Heisman Heisman race. See where Rosen, uh, see where all these quarterbacks go week one. The past uh, the past few years, it's been guys that are not in the Heisman watch. Yep. That all of a sudden explode. I remember my first like real season of being into college football, like pretty invested, was the year Cam won the Heisman. Yeah, Cam. He was on nobody's radar for the first three weeks, and then yeah. they're like, "Wait, these stats are insane!" And then he was on the radar, and then he never stopped. Like he was that good, all the way to a national championship. Yeah. So I think there's definitely like you got your top guys in Darnold and Rosen and like look at like a Nick Chubb. Yeah, Nick Chubb. I am Great a fan of back. Bo Scarborough just because Alabama does have that history of just it's such a Bama thing to do. Yeah, he's huge. He reminds me of Derrick Henry. Maybe not that big, but he I could definitely that. put up numbers like that if he actually improved on last season because he did look good last year. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, look out for those. Look at It's the beginning of the year. Some great games kind of set up for the rest of the season for Heisman Watch. So just kind of keep your eye on the first weekend. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'll definitely be watching some games. Yeah, I can't. I, it kind of sucks that the two teams I actually root for, Maryland and North Carolina, both play at 12. Probably on the Carolina side, just because it's what I do. Oh, yeah. They play Cal. It's a good matchup for them. Oh, that's a fun different. Matchup, yep. Yeah. Different little East Coast, West Coast. That'd be fun. So look forward to that, guys. It's football time. Yeah. It's here. It's It's here. They didn't have a preseason for it either. Weird. I know. It's just had practice. Still excited for it. We're sitting here talking about practice? Practice? Not a game. <laughs> Not a game. Not a game. But practice. Practice. All right. We'll get into the fight after that segue. Mostly because 
right after the fight, Floyd was playing some ball. Yeah. With AI true. shouting him out. So that was a good segue. That's pretty awesome to watch. Yeah. So, I mean, that's Floyd doing Floyd things. He's obviously a freak. I probably discounted him a little bit on our podcast talking about Friday's fight, which is really Saturday's fight, which... Yeah, we have to apologize again for that. Yeah. If you missed the... Well, you wouldn't have missed it. But if you tuned in on Friday... If we made you miss the fight, I kind of laugh. That's kind of fun. It's, it's, yeah, you probably should have not trusted us. Yeah. We hope to regain I hope trust. you changed your plans from Saturday to Friday because of us and then messed up. Yeah. Why so, would you hope that? Because it's kind of funny. That is funny, but I don't hope that. Yeah, anybody. I do. Anyway, Jeez. so yeah, so the fight went as expected to most people. It's exactly what I predicted, except... McGregor actually landed punches. Yeah, McGregor threw the most punches Floyd's seen in a very long time. It was, what, like 112? I've seen anywhere from 111 to 113, somewhere right. in that range. So, like, think about that. I think Manny Pacquiao landed, what, 80-something? Not even 100. Now, granted, their fight was as boring as it gets, and nobody right. was throwing punches for some well, we're time, talking but... about Pacquiao, who arguably may have had the last great shot yeah. of upsetting Floyd. You know, Pacquiao may have been a little bit out of his prime time there, but... And bum shoulder aside, he was still he's he was a lot better than McGregor. Let's yes. just put it that way. A lot more like, fluid. Yeah. But McGregor came out firing like I thought. Firing, yeah. Like I thought. I think we all kinda of saw coming though. Once he got through three rounds was firing off cylinders. He was getting tired, but Floyd's staying strong. Yeah, that's the I biggest difference. He's, Floyd is just a freak of nature when it's it comes conditioned. to stamina. Yeah, his conditioning is otherworldly. Like yep. that dude looked like it's he all could, that spaghetti he ate. Spaghetti? All that, yeah, you didn't see all his whole like, spaghetti thing? You know? No, I didn't see that. Just carving out for days, weeks for, on end. Well, I believe that. He, you he, can't tell, though. He, like, fought underweight, like, ridiculously, too, which is impressive as it is. I think that's part of the reason, though. He didn't bulk up. Nope. He's got that stamina. That's like, He's so technical, and he's going to pick you apart as you fight. So, like, the fact that he could just keep going and going and never get tired while you're getting tired, it's just a huge advantage. I, yeah, it's a huge advantage because I think in all the fights that we've seen him line up recently... He comes in against these guys that are high energy, besides Manny. High energy, like Canelo, uh, like Connor. They want to attack him. So that he all he knows is just make it through the first few rounds. They'll get tired out. And then you kind of just do your thing and then take it from there. Yeah. And he's done it every time. They fall right into his trap every time. He goes from defensive to slightly aggressive. It's not like super aggressive. Oh, no, he's not an aggressive fighter at all. But like he gets his, he scores points. Well, yeah, I mean, you saw, I mean, it, exactly what he wanted to do, I have a feeling he did. I mean, there were times where he just turned around and was messing with the crowd in the middle yeah. of the fight. So like that, that was kind of cool because he knew that, he had I mean, him. McGregor's never He fought. literally had him on the ropes. Yeah, he was an amateur. So like, I, it's just, it's or, just cool to watch that. But Right. So like, I think it was great to see it was a good spectacle. It, the first couple rounds gave everyone what they wanted. Yeah, I mean, I if I had bet my million dollars on Floyd Mayweather, I was probably a little worried at first. A little. A little. Because McGregor won the first three rounds. All three of them, he yeah. won those rounds. But after that, you could tell. Yep. He wore Reality set in for everybody. Uh, but yeah, I think... Where do you think Conor goes next? Uh, I mean, he's got to go back to the UFC. I feel like he, Con- he already has two c- contractually obligated fights he has to do. Yeah. But I think that even though there might be more money to be made in boxing, but you're, you're never going to get that much money ever again. Like that, I mean, there's no Mayweather just waiting. Like there's no like world's best boxers yeah. waiting in the wings. So I feel like a fight of that nature isn't going to come around mm-hmm. again. Tank Davis coming up though. But he's not. He's not going to draw that much money. Not yet. Not yet. No. Not yeah. not yet. I not feel yet. like he goes back to UFC because Dana White's a one of the best businessmen mm-hmm. in the sports industry, and he's not going to let 
the best fighter he has walk away without. God, no, you can't. Because then he has no sport. Because, I mean, the women's... You had Ronda Rousey for for a second... No, but now there's there's no women's champions. Like I can't name any of the fighters nope. that are winning right now. They change. They change like the seasons. Every yeah, time. it's it's not consistent there. And even the the male fighters, I'm yeah, not like if John Bones Jones could just straighten up. Yeah, he would. We have best, something, but he, man, it's it's a real shame that he can't. Yeah, because he's so good. He's real good. He's I'm I'm a casual good. UFC fan, and I Same. enjoy watching him. Like yeah. I, there's not a lot of fighters I would tune I would in say that. Yeah, agree. Mostly because Arthur Jones played with us. That's true. His brother did. That's mostly and Chandler's true. pretty good, too, at the Cardinals. Yeah. They got a good lineage. They do. Athletic beasts. Their dad beasts. should be proud. Beasts. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think he definitely has to go that way. I think a couple of people have been throwing the idea out there now that maybe this is what that combat sport should go to. One or two, maybe three fights a year where boxing UFC meet. They have this huge draw. Obviously, it's not going to sell as much pay-per-view as this did. But take it to the Garden a couple of times or take it to a different venue. They have Staples Center. Have a big UFC versus boxing fight. Then, you know, do whatever weight you want to do. I think that could spice up the combat sports, get interest back in both of them. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of like that idea. I, I really would like to see a boxer go into the UFC ring. I don't. I, no, I would just like to see a boxer, like someone who's like good, like a great boxer, yeah. train for UFC and yeah. try to be a world champion at both. That would be something I would like to witness, something, yeah. someone that could do it in, on both ends and actually be really good. Because McGregor, was a, he was a good boxer. I, like, I didn't watch just the, the fight live, I'll admit. I, I had to work. I couldn't watch it. Yeah, I had to sleep. But I, I did rewatch it, and it actually... He didn't look bad. Like, yeah, he obviously showed his amateurism. That's a word. Yeah, he he didn't he quite know what he it. was doing. Right, but like he, the skills were there. So I think, but I think it could translate the other way around. Yeah, almost just as good. But how many? Like, let's be real. Like, we know he. This has been cooking for a lot longer behind the scenes, but you know, in the face of you know the the public, this fight's been known for what four months, five months. I mean. Since yeah. April or whatever. It's probably been... So like if he, obviously, if they've been talking behind the scenes, he's probably been training a little bit more than we've saw. If you really think he's trying to train real hard for five months to, to box and showed up as like a C, give him a C, C minus for the yeah. effort. Uh, that's pretty good for that little of training. So if, well, he, if you could get someone that would dedicate more than four months, five months, and to hardcore go into it for like a year and a half... To train on either side, then you might have oh, it, would, it would definitely be interesting. I mean, you gotta you gotta look at it that all these like great boxers, they all like boxed as kids, like growing yeah. up. So like they've had years yeah. of fighting, even before they get there. Right. So like, we've seen kids on Instagram and YouTube and all that now that are sparring and stuff. They're like tykes. They're nice. They're tykes. They're, they're nice. like four or five year olds. Yeah. Have, you know, fist of fury. They could so. beat me up probably. I, they beat me up. I just looked up on the screen. Yeah, so like I, I wouldn't know what to do, but like they would knock me out. Probably, yeah, I probably would run. <laughs> Not just run away. Just, I'm out. <laughs> Start the car. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, but I mean, stepbrothers flashbacks all over my head right now. I feel like the public as a whole should not have wanted anything else than what they got though yeah this was best case scenario in terms of you know great effort from connor at first fully finishes off that's kind of what everyone should have thought was going to happen anyway yeah i mean the only thing that would have made it better is if he did knock him out if one of them got if one of them got knocked out but honestly the fact that it didn't go the whole time i think was still perfect i wouldn't i wouldn't 
want that at all. No. And I think McGregor... Oh, God. A lot of people are calling out the ref for stopping that fight. But yeah, like, I think you could argue it. I feel like the fact that all these doctors came out from New York and they're like, McGregor no. shouldn't fight in this fight. Like, a hundred of them were like, this is dangerous for his life. Like, he, he might never be able to talk normal again. I think that definitely had some bearing into why the ref went in there and stopped yeah. it. Because he it was like nine straight punches to the face where he didn't even get his hands up. Just, yeah. I mean, the fact that if you've ever, like, seen an old boxer on TV, like, talk, like, for ESPN or something, they they, they slur the words really bad. Yeah. Like, you can tell they were boxers. So, like, I feel like just protecting your, your brain, the, and, I'm okay with that. Like, and they're the protecting fact, their brand, too. Let's not forget that. Yeah, I mean, if something did happen to McGregor and he couldn't go back to UFC, like, it would be a real shame because yeah. he's an entertainer. Exactly. So, talking about injuries, let's switch it to a different topic. Segway, okay. segway time. Segway. Perfect segue. Are you talking about a hip? Is it hip to talk about hips? A hip? I think it's the hip thing, right? Yeah, hip thing. Yeah, so the whole Kyrie Isaiah trade that we discussed in length last week. Yeah, we thought we had it. We thought everyone thought we had a gem. They, you know, both sides did well. You can really choose a clear cut winner, but now there's no winner. Yep, now it's not even official anymore because there's just one big loser. Cavalier, I don't know when they can officially be taught by. They have by tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. I think. We'll know by tomorrow night. Tonight. Somewhere in there. I don't think it's tonight. I, I think it's tomorrow night. Cause I think it's, it's a full tomorrow. week. I mean, we probably am lying are lying again, but yeah, don't mark your calendar. It's very. It's soon. Like they have a couple, only a couple days left to Coming. make this to veto the trade. And are the sources from Woj? I think that that's his name. Woj. Woj. He said that they wanted Jalen Brown yeah. or nope. Jason Tatum. Nope. Which I feel like if you're Boston. Nope. If if the Cavaliers really nope. stood by this, I feel like Boston would eventually give nope. in. Just because you're getting Kyrie Irving. Nope. Why? Because you already got the Brooklyn pick. Well, yeah, but which as a fan base, like you're sitting there, Danny Ainge is sitting there, mm-hmm. and you've already told your fans that you just acquired one of the, probably a top six player in the NBA, and all of a sudden you won't throw in one of your prospects. Like if I'm Danny nope. Ainge, I'll be like, take Jalen Brown, no. like whatever. You really, gotta, you gotta get someone back. So you have to fill your. Like, because you're running out of options in free agency to at least fill like, a gap. Well, I think Danny Ainge knows that they are not going to be able to dethrone LeBron anyway this season, and you got to hope he leaves. Because you're, you're, if you only make this trade, if you think Kyrie's going to resign with you, so I think that this is a long term deal, which I think it's still like a win for the Celtics, regardless, yeah. even if they give Jalen Brown yeah. up. I I wouldn't give up Tatum. Tatum looks like he's the real deal, so I would just. Here's the praise I want. Now. Yeah, I I'm okay with Brown just because it doesn't look like he has superstar potential offensively. Like he's he's a but good defensively, defender. He, he looks can. like a good defender, which is why if I was Cleveland, I would just ask for Brown because he's more ready anyway to like actually Definitely contribute. Right. So I would I would be okay with that if I was the Celtics if the hip injury is for real. So so what you're saying is right now the Celtics are the ones that have to do it. I think you've because you you've, you're, you're the one getting the bigger asset. So right. like, if Cleveland wants to do that, now I'm afraid Cleveland was just like they thought about it and they're like, oh, we're giving up Kyrie. I kind of feel like we should get more out of this deal, and that's why they're doing this. But right. just to see what would happen, I think it's just it's a smart move. I think it's a little dirty, and I don't. I think that it'll hurt their reputation, but I think that's exactly what they're doing. They because the Celtics knew like they knew about this hip injury. So, like, it's not like this blindsided them in any way. It's just a reason that they could veto it. Because even though the Celtics were up front about it, 
that doesn't change like the rule on their ability to veto it. So like, I, I don't know if it's for real, like, or that's the truth that they, that they did that. But I think that if you do get Jalen Brown, you are the clear winners of this trade for this season. Like you're well above any Eastern conference team. So I think that's, this is perfect. It's literally going to sound like an episode of the herd from earlier this week. I don't know if anyone heard it, but Christine was going pretty much trying to go at Colin and I completely on her side. They don't the Celtics don't look bad in this scenario at all. Everyone knew what was wrong with Isaiah. Yeah. There they was, were they their sources say that they were upfront about the injury. Right. Like they told Cleveland. There's nothing that people don't know hiding behind Isaiah. He says he's fine. He says he's gonna be good to go. So that part's fine. So if you know all that, at this point it's on Cleveland, in my yeah. opinion. Cleveland has to do this deal because Cleveland's the one stuck with the player, not the Celtics. The Celtics know next year they weren't gonna pay Isaiah. They weren't going to fork up the money to keep him. Yeah. So it doesn't matter to them. Like one year, one more year left, they'll ride it out. They'll be the two seed. They'll get to the Eastern Conference Finals. They would have done that no matter who they had. At this point, it's on the Cavs. Now Kyrie knows he was almost traded. Knows he was almost in a different city, in a better situation. Being the number one guy, getting what he wants. You take it away from him. He has to go now. So why are you the one where you have to pull the trigger now? Why are you the one that has to get more? Because now you're going to be stuck maybe with a Chris Middleton and a Malcolm Brogdon, which is a great deal, but it's not the Brooklyn pick. I, I, I just feel like you're risking a lot if you're the Cavs by trying to pry for Jalen Brown or trying to pry for another pick. It, you know, if you get a second rounder out of it, that's fine. That's cool. Well, it's, see, I, I'm okay with the idea of this plan just because the trade, like Celtic, the Celtics have, can't take it back. Like they're the ones that are stuck. Like yeah. it's Cleveland's can veto it. It's yeah. up to Cleveland. Yeah. So that's why I'm okay. If if the Celtics budge, then that's Celtics. If yeah. they're really worth, if they really, if they won't call Cleveland's bluff, and they do give something else, mm-hmm. then Cleveland definitely wins that. And I think right. it's a great idea. So I I don't think it's the the coolest thing for Cleveland to do, but I get it. Yeah. Like I, I understand. What I just trying to I don't do. think I think the Celtics should just stay pat. They know the truth. And oh yeah. If they're, if they're smart, then they're good. Anything. They don't like Jalen Brown has the potential to be second team all be all NBA in defense. Like he's probably that good defensively. Yeah, he can take over games in that capacity. You know, if they ever made it to the finals, he could guard Curry. He could guard Clay. He could take some of those minutes that are des- desperately needed to stopping their shooters. Um, can't obviously can't give up Tatum. You don't know what you have there yet. Everything we saw in summer league, which is a small sample size, which is against other guys that are trying to fight for roster spots, etc. He's got a polished offensive game. Yeah. And in the NBA, that's what you trend towards. Is someone that you know can get buckets. He can get buckets. Um, like I said, I think of a second rounder, I think that's the only thing you settle for. But it took Danny Ainge this long to get rid of that Brooklyn pick. That's his top card in the hand. Like, you're getting it, Tavs. Like, don't screw this up. Yeah. Like, he didn't budge for this for Jimmy Butler, which people can argue all they want that Jimmy Butler may have been a better piece for them. Or he didn't give it up for Paul George, which may be a better piece for them. And he finally does it. And the Cavs might be the team that screws it up again. Like, we know you're not good at picking the first pick overall. So maybe that's why you don't want it. So you don't draft. Well, it's a trade. It's for sure. They're not going right. to take that pick. They're going to trade it for sure. Because yeah, they're too scared of taking Anthony Bennett again. It's like, well, it's they're you're good. He's gone. <laughs> they gifted Kyrie and LeBron. And besides that, they haven't been able to make that. But like... Don't screw this up, Cleveland. This is your one chance to sh- like uh, Brogdon and Middleton. That's a great base for a three seed down the line without LeBron. Yeah, 
But like getting these picks, getting other assets that could either keep LeBron there or keep higher talent coming in, that's what you need to go for. That's what the Brooklyn pick gives you. You just can't settle it. You guys are you can't it's like trying to take an extra cookie and mom's trying to shut the jar and she's just like slapped your hand away. That's that's how I feel like Danny Age needs to be. Slap yeah, the hand what, away. That's what he needs to do. But again, Slap I, your hand away. I'm okay with, with Cleveland trying to get the cookie though. I'm okay with that. Yeah. LeBron, I, I LeBron doesn't it. eat cookies, so he's out. He's yeah, going he's, he's going to LA. Probably. <laughs> you can think that. I think he's. Yeah, I think he'll stay in Cleveland. No. I've changed my mind on the subject. I think that he did not go to Cleveland to leave again, unless well, he is. Think that now. Unless there's a real a real draw somewhere else, or Cleveland, they just pooped the bed this season. Very possible. Those are the only two things. Yeah, God knows Richard Jefferson get hurt, and then all of a sudden uh, down he might be ready to poop <laughs> on the court anyway. <laughs> That's how old he is, but. Yeah, no, I think we can get LeBron leaving at a different time. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss this all season, I'm sure. But, yeah, no, Kyrie, I, I just think it's time like it's time to let him go. Like, you're not probably not going to get anything close to that good of a deal. Now people know that they could probably lowball you because you have to get him out at this point. Well, my, my best deal for them is just swapping him and Wiggins with the Timberwolves. I don't know if Minnesota would do that. I would rather have Kyrie Irving on my team than Andrew Wiggins for sure. Yeah, but the, the, I think it goes back to the whole idea that they already have too many guys that need the ball in their hands to do something. Well, Wiggins is the same way. Right, but now you're getting someone that needs the ball even more than Wiggins, and that's Kyrie. But Wiggins, <laughs> see, I'll, I'll argue against that. Wiggins can't do anything without the ball. He is one of the worst off-ball offensive players yeah. in the league. Like He really can't. Or Kyrie at least can make a jump shot. Like That's possible like he can play with lebron kind of like it's not a strength but he he has shown the ability to actually work in an offense where he isn't the main ball handler and i also think that uh wiggins would just fit cleveland better with lebron being that facilitator even mentoring yeah i think that would be i think it would be a great flip the only draw or the thing that would keep minnesota from doing it is that i don't think Kyrie would want to sign there long term so that is the draw to that. They probably don't. have to re-sign him and then trade him. Like, if they had Cat locked down already, then like Kyrie Maybe. probably does it. Yeah, because you you know you have Cat there to kind of ride off of. That would be one interesting Western Conference though. If Kyrie makes his way over there, yeah, don't. Think and the Eastern happens. Conference just gets worse. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's happening. I don't think it's happening. I think that would be the best case scenario. Yeah, if they vetoed this trade. Don't do it. I think that's the only alternative. If you legitimately think that could happen. You finally, someone finally gets the Brooklyn pick and it's not even, not even finalized. No. It's crazy. What is it? I think Ainge waited too long. But that's a different topic. Yeah. So, yeah. guys, guess what? It's almost September. Almost there. We're almost, almost at the day. end. Yeah. yeah. End of what? End of, uh, I'm assuming we're working into the baseball segment. Yeah. Of our we show. are. We indeed are. Yeah, so let's just get we'll get into an overview because I know we both want to deep dive. You know, oh, there's a team in, that we love that we just, all yeah. of a sudden, yeah, we like, on I, their I, way to I the always moon. knew it was there. It just finally time. into the stars. We'll go. Born. We'll start at the top of Major League Baseball, which you know, no matter how hot the team we love is, probably will just look down and be very scared at these Giants. Uh, from, not the Giants, though. We're not talking about the Giants. No, we're not. We're not. I gotta scrap all my notes now. Yeah, this, oh. that's not the Giants. Okay, right. It's the right state, but it's the wrong. Team. Oh, which one? It isn't even. It's the Padres. Oh, no, never the Padres. Oh, man, never San Diego. 
The Angels? Dodgers? Yeah. 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 The Dodgers. It's got to be the Dodgers, right? No, yeah. they are literally, hands down, probably the best baseball team we've seen since those dominant Yankees. This teams. is the all-decade team. Like, they're just so good. Um, they're 91 wins right now, not even September, on fire. Yeah, I mean, the Cubs won a lot of games last year. We get it. People. They didn't win this many games, though. But they didn't look this good. No. And they don't even have Kershaw, Kershaw man. They don't right. have Kershaw. Right. There was a point in time where... You know, the Dodgers kept winning, and I think, I think they won a, a certain amount of games. I can't even remember off the top of my head the amount of games they won. From. It was the best 50-game stretch yeah. since, like, before 1900. Like, it was yeah, nuts. It was literally something that they couldn't find in the record books. I think they just made it up so they didn't have yeah, the record. Yeah, they definitely made that up because they didn't keep records back then. That's right. They didn't have paper. Um, so, yeah. So, we'll just get into, like, they don't have Kershaw. They, keep made, they made sneaky moves. Like, everyone can point out. All the the big ones they made, the Darvish trade, the bullpen trades. I don't care about any of those. They got the best trade they made was the non-weaver deal for Curtis Granderson. Yeah. Hands down, great lefty bat. They needed it in their lineup. They're not always the greatest with left-handed bats. We saw that before in the playoffs. And you get veteran leadership, a guy who's been there, a guy who knows how to win. That's what gets you in October. That's like the David Ross factor for the Cubs. Those are the guys that you need in the clubhouse. Adrian Gonzalez comes back. It's another great vocal leader that's veteran. These are the guys that propel you from when October hits and makes one of those young guys all of a sudden start having more anxiety than normal. They calm it down. Next thing you know, you win the World Series. Yeah. And that's the kind of move they just made. I'm impressed. Yeah, I, I really like that move for sure. I mean, it's just, it's not fair. The rich just get richer. As long as they don't get Verlander, we, can, we don't have to really say that. I don't think. Looks I like think Verlander's that's too safe. far. That's too far. <laughs> it looks like Verlander's staying in, in Detroit. But the Dodgers—they just look good. They play baseball. That's the greatest part about them is they do everything right. They they have fun doing it too. Yeah. Like they—they're not just out there. Queen looks like Yasiel that we've known is there. Yes, he does some weird dumb things sometimes, but that'll never go away. He's having fun and he's producing again. Yeah, it's not it's like we Bill Bel- It's not a Bill Belichick baseball team, guys. This is. And it's Dave Jim, Roberts looks Harbaugh. like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Dave Roberts has really collected this group together, taking them to a height. Like Donnie, I love Donnie baseball, but he's taking to him a height that Donnie couldn't get him to. No, he couldn't get him there. And like he, I really think that they're going to get over the hump. The biggest proponent is the team that I have trouble liking because they're just south of us, and I really want them to go back to Canada. But the Nationals kind of look good. Yeah, they look pretty good. But I, the biggest worry is that Bryce can't even run yet. And if he can't, I, like, if he isn't, oh, if he's not there, they don't have a shot. If they, he can't run by mid-September, I don't think they have a shot. Because I, I think he needs to get in the last couple of games of September to knock the rust off. But getting Strasburg back, I don't know if people saw what he did today. Yeah, he had a complete game shutout. Complete game shutout. Kind of nice. Spanning, I think, like nine or ten people. Kind of stole what Dylan Bundy did from the Orioles a couple of days ago. But he just, I think, they look good. They're, they always fear a way to choke out the first round every time. Um, don't ever get I excited just, for them. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone compares to the Dodgers this year, though. Not in the NL. Maybe I think the Indians—they're super hot right now. I think they might have—they might be too early, though. They're—they're they're playing above their roster, so I don't yeah. know. Just if you thought that last year they made it all the way to the seventh game of the World Series, it—it it still blows my mind. But yeah, I mean they could do it again. You know, but I think obviously Boston Sale Price coming back. They have a great shot to upholding the Dodgers, but they just look so good. 
Yeah, that's so it, good. It it does it feels like it's the NBA regular season right now, and we already know the inevitable ending to this season. Yeah, but trophy goes to the West Coast. Yeah, it's freaking California, man. They just, just so good at sports. Yeah, all the it's time. Just not fair. Now all of a sudden, USC is good again. Like, where where did that come from? It's been so long. Yeah, Lynn Swan. Why are you making their athletic department smart? <laughs> they were dumb forever. Yeah, go back to Pittsburgh. They paid for O.J. Mayo to be there. That was like the last good thing they did. Yeah. But let's be real. It's, it's a Dodgers World Series to have. They're just on a tear. Everything works. Everything looks good working. They, you know, just, I don't know. There's so much you could say about them. Yeah. It's so much. But there's so much more you could say about the Orioles. Yeah. The and Orioles. That's what we really we're want really excited about the like, Orioles game. Forget about the rest. This is something that I, I just knew was always in the cards, and we finally pulled it out. And it happens every single season, guys. Yeah. Every season. So we start strong in April. We look great. We look like probably the second or third best team in baseball. Fall off the map. All of a sudden. The pitching died on us. The it pitching that we died. knew didn't exist didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, we, we knew that everyone was off to a hot start and that everyone would probably fall off all at the same time. But then, you know, so May, June go by, everyone starts crying, everyone starts asking for, I still think, you know. To sell. To sell, sell, to get Duquette out there, I still would get Duquette out there. Um, All these things, we make some good good games right at the All-Star break. We have a good, like, almost finish to the the first half of the season, first unofficial half, um, just in terms of the break coming. But then we come back after the All-Star break, and we just put up numbers. And we that were buyers. Seen. We bought some we bought. players that... In a time where, like, us people were, like, even at the end of the July, we were still losing games we should have won. Kind of, like, misplacing games here and there. Not really winning series. Not doing what Bucks has to do, which is win series. Winning series. Gets you to the playoffs. Next thing you know, we got Tim Beckham. Comes in. Oh, my gosh. And, like... It's been the one thing we've missed all season. Yeah, I didn't know we were trading for Jose Altuve. Yeah. That's kind of what we got. We haven't had a leadoff hitter probably since Marquegas. Uh, he wasn't even a leadoff hitter. He was one just because he had to be one. Yeah. At one point. Um, I would argue Brian Roberts. Yeah, I can, you, can, you can definitely go that far back. <laughs> Which is weird because he kind of plays a middle and field position just like David, uh, just like David Beckham. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just like Tim Beckham. Got soccer on my mind. I'm sorry. Just like Tim Beckham. Uh, I just think it's impressive what he's done to help solidify that lineup. It took the weight of the world off of Manny Machado's shoulders. You can see that in the production he's had in just August. Yeah, it just it struck something in that lineup. Yeah, it, it just... In 80-plus games, Machado only hit 18 home runs, was batting well under 220 in that 220 range. People were writing him off left and right. You know, did the WBC take something out of him, blah, 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 blah. He comes back off the all-star break. It's, I think, right around 45, 46 games that he's got 12 home runs. So in about half the games, he's he's hit only less than six home runs that he hit in 80-something games. Yeah. 12 home runs. He's batting around 360. That's, yep, that's his batting average is now raised to, like I think, 260-something. Yeah, considering it was like 215 for a while, like 260 is a huge increase. So he looks great. You can't fault anything he does. Um, Jonathan Scope is second in the league in RBI since the All-Star break. You know, if there's not a guy named Altuve or Trout, Scope probably would be MVP. I think he's better than Altuve this season. Yeah, it and just Trout's hurt. 
I, I, you could make a case for Scope. Yeah, we thought people would make a case for Zach Britton last year for the Cy Young. We saw how that happened. Yeah, that, no one. We gave it to Porcello, who's we just shelled over the weekend yeah, for nine runs, not eleven he, runs. Didn't even look that good last year. No, he, he just he was he was on a team that had a great offense that yeah. won him games. Yeah, he had a lot of runs apart. But that's a different story. Um, no, I just everything that they've been doing lately. It's been huge. The fact, you know, the fact that we've gone to a six-man rotation and that even if Ubaldo or Tillman doesn't give us a great game, we figure ways out to win those games or at least, you know, be competitive. And then we come back and let, you know, Bundy come off of extended rest, extended time off. You know, he goes and pitches a day after coming off the bereavement list. Literally flew in, like, apparently that morning. Had a rain delay start. Like most people can't pitch more than five innings after a rain delay yes. impedes their progress. This man went a full nine innings, one hit baseball. The one hit was a bunt single in the fourth inning. He looked great. He looked unhittable. Like his fastball was exploding. The twelve six curve that he had. It was nuts. It was just dropping. His changeup was working. Yeah, it was just it was a good game to see. It's what everyone Orioles fans, Orioles organization, whatever, thought Dylan was going to be, knows that it's real. It can happen. If he strings it together, we got what we expected. It's just exciting. I don't, you know, we're one game out. Yeah, we one have game out. Big series coming up. The Yankees come to town. Uh, Who are so, struggling. Yeah, we're, we're facing the entire AL East. We pretty much fare well against those teams. Play Boston again. We played really well against them the last six, seven years. It's it's exciting. Like yeah, I mean, I, August in Baltimore, super humid, super hot. Ball so flies out, this, ball we get hot, out. and all of a sudden we just roll from September to October. So, but in August, it, when it's hot, it the ball home cooking flies. And this August, the Orioles have put up the fourth best slugging percentage of all time as of yesterday, before yesterday's game. They hit seven home run or eight eight, eight home runs since this stat. Since I saw this stat. Yeah. So I'm not really sure if they were pretty close to the record for yeah. August. It was like it was over 500 for slugging percentage for it, August. It's been like like crazy. A yeah, that's nuts. I mean, you got Beckham hitting almost 400 out of the leadoff spot. Machado's batting out of this world good. Yep. Scope's still crushing the ball. Mm-hmm. The defense looks solid. The pitching's kind of it's still inconsistent, but it's getting better. All you need is. A few starts here and there, and I yep. think you've got the wild card. Yeah, I think if, if you win this series this weekend and we stay within touch of the Yankees, I'm not even saying the second wild card now. We are only two and a half games back from the New York Yankees. Yeah, we sweep them. For it's the fast. first spot of the wild card. So yeah. we go from being a ridiculously low game, not even getting close to 500 anymore. All of a sudden, we're three games above 500. A game out or a game and a half out of the second wild card, two and a half out from the second or from the first spot. Watch out, guys! Like and this is a team you don't want to face because we have been in that spot. We have been fighting for wild cards. We have, we have been fighting for playoffs. We know what it takes in September. Some of these teams don't. Some of these teams like the Rays don't. Some of these teams like the Mariners don't. Even the Angels really don't. No, the Twins don't definitely don't. The twins don't for sure. So and the Yankees really don't either because the. You know, biggest veteran they have right now are Ellsbury and Gardner. I don't know if that, that's going to really good transcend across the whole team. Yeah, one thing that's huge, I think, for the Orioles is that their young superstars have this postseason experience. They yep. have this chase experience. They've had the taste. Yeah. You know what happens when you have a taste. Yeah, you want that whole bite. No, you want that whole pie. Or the and whole You know pie. what came back recently? Pies. Pies? Are they back? Pies. Really? 
Yeah. Every, like, for oh, yeah, they're pie people. Post-game pie. I thought you just meant eating pies was cool again. I got really excited because yeah, I love pies. Has it ever gone up? <laughs> I don't think so. I was confused, but I was like, I really want to go buy a pie. Yeah, so pies are back. They're pieing people. I think Bundy got three last night. Three pies. Castillo got pied by his kid today. That's cool. Didn't even know he could reach that high. Uh, he's not a very tall guy, but yeah. Yeah, he's a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, guy no, either. no, the, the Wellington Castillo's not oh, a tall yeah. guy. Oh. Yeah, but no, we're pieing. We're having fun. It's kind of like the Dodgers aspect. They're having fun. They're winning games. We're winning games. We're, what, I think like eight of our last ten games we've won. Plus, Buck Showalter is arguably the biggest difference maker and a manager that there is. When yep. you look at his statistics, like he just grinds wins out of his teams that other guys just don't get. And I think that's also that's a the factor. factor. There's yep. just so much going for this team, and people just always write us off every single year. We hear it, though. Our, we, our team, like for some reason, our fans don't get it. Like, there's very few fans where, like, yeah, we still got it. We got a yeah, chance. But, like, our players, from the, the minute spring training starts, they get written off to the end of the season, and they know every single game they have a chance to win and a chance to compete for a pennant, and that's exactly what we're going to do. I really have a strong feeling about this. I've, yeah. ha- I've had it really all year. It's only gotten stronger since Tim Beckham came because he has put something in the offense that we haven't seen since April. It's just a matter of time it, now. This is a scary team. I think if if they continue to be hot, I think this offense could carry the team to to, to a World Series appearance. Yeah. So. As long as Bundy and Galsman hold up that rotation. I'm waiting for Tillman to find it. If Tillman finds it... He he has moments, and then he gets to about the fifth inning, and he kind of loses confidence. You can tell his, arm, his arm's just not back yet. Like yeah. You can tell. And that, you know, t- people talk about all the time, like, you know, obviously we just rid off the whole idea of preseason NFL. But when you don't have MLB spring training, it does something. Yeah, you. that's different. Because baseball, you got to find a groove. Yep. Especially as a pitcher, you got to find a groove. This man didn't have any spring training. He had a kid. My brother you know, spit all this out. He had a kid. He lost a lot of time. Injury, kid. Didn't come back to what, June? You can't just be thrown in the fire like that sometimes. Yes. Yeah, you're you're not, if you're not Clayton Kershaw, you just can't. Or if no. you're not Scherzer, you just can't. So it's gonna be interesting to see. I'm real excited. Yeah, he's he's one of my X factors down the line. But I really like. I haven't been this excited about Orioles baseball all season. But I've even had that feeling. This team could be so good. Yep. And it's it always looks like it's it's coming together. If that offense is there, and we have O'Day, Gibbons, Brock, and Britton, you're set. Yeah. Fire looks good. It's in the playoffs. Castro. All, it's all about the bullpen. Yeah. Miguel Castro looks super good. Like he's got some life. He is throwing 98, and he looks almost... Probably going to be a star next year for us, but that's a different day. Yeah, different day. I love that idea. I hope everyone wrote those different days down. I had like three or four different days. Yeah, we've days. got a lot of topics for other days. Yeah, so let's get into the fantasy corner as we are approaching probably our longest episode outside of the mock draft, which is cool that we actually kind of just outlived a lot of this. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, you guys, we're definitely getting better, and I really like this. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It is. It's way more fun when we when we're actually good. So we we'll talk about this draft. We have a bunch of our friends. This was mo- the most by the books yeah. real draft I have ever seen in my yeah. life. Normally, like I, I probably preach this every time. Quarterbacks go way earlier than they do in mock drafts and real drafts. Guys, they, they didn't. This yeah, time. I got Rogers what in the fifth. Yeah, there was one kicker picked before the second last round, second to last round. I picked the first defense in like the thirteenth round, just because he, just because I was Texans. like, I don't know what else to do here. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna just take the Texans, take that sack potential. But holy cow! Like, yeah, 
Extremely by the books. Like I said, I got Rodgers in the fifth. Fifth he, round. And he I took picked Brady, Brady right, right after because I was like, I was eyeing, we picked next to each other as we always do. It's, Somehow. It's nuts. God has faith in the fact that we oh, compete really well. And we always time. ruin the draft for other people. Yeah, we ruin Because <laughs> yeah. we always, we're always thinking the same thing. Yeah. And then, like, we, he took Rodgers, I took Brady, and I ended up running quarterbacks. Because yeah. it was, it's all in the game because we knew what we would do to that and then all these other guys yeah. fell to us. So. Yeah. It was great, but um, like no, it's it you go draft. you go ahead. I want not. you to talk about your team first. Yeah, no, I love my team. I was you know a little skeptical going into my running back situation, but I love my upside at receiver. With obviously you have the foundation of Antonio Brown, Sammy Watkins is going to kill it. I, f- I have a real good feeling about this. I've always thought that he's finally on the mend with that foot injury. He's got a better quarterback in my opinion now. Yeah, the offense is good. The stuff's there. If he actually is utilized in this offense, that's the yeah. only thing I think that he came in late. I don't know how much that they'll want to put on his shoulders, mm-hmm. but the potential's there for a huge season for Stephen yeah, Watkins. Definitely. And like I, you know, behind him, I have a touchdown guy. I told you guys about touchdown guys in standard leagues. They Brandon standard Marshall. League. Brandon Marshall. I like. Was that real pick. excited about that. Upside with Taylor Gabriel. We talked about so much how he outscored Julio down the stretch. I always find a way to snag him at the end. Um, um, the running back play kind of sketches me just because I'm, I'm Gurley doesn't sketch me at all. But I have Gurley, Cook, Perkins, Duke Johnson, Jeremy Hill as my running backs. I think the Cook and Perkins ones, they're wild cards. You don't know exactly what to expect. I think I can get a lot out of Cook for sure. Um, but I just I, I'm just excited about this team. There's a lot of potential on it. Getting Ebron on a tight end, you know, Dak Prescott felt stupid far. I think I got him like in the 14th or 13th round. 13th or 12th, yeah. It was super late. 12th or 13th. Yeah. Like, super late. I usually don't even take a second quarterback when you have the potential to have a top six or seven fantasy quarterback that late. I had to take a chance. Yeah, why not? Then you can become a trade bait at that point. Yeah, I know. I'm just excited. I think there's, there's – my team is full of upside. I know all, where all their floors are, what kind of ex- like minimum and expect. But all these guys can blow through the roof. And then you have Rodgers. Like, yep. I've never been able to draft this glue. guy. Yeah, you, that's the, they're a great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers is the glue to a high upside team. Yep. Glue We're with so, him and Antonio Brown. So guys that like maybe fall short a little bit, like yeah. Rodgers' 30 points as a quarterback boosts that. Like I, I really like that. Yeah. I took a different approach. I feel like you went all upside, and I went all high floor in this draft. Yeah. In a standard league, it's you got to almost go with one or the other. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get a mix of both. Ideally, you want a mix of both. But um, I had the fifth pick, and I went a little – I feel like still a little early for this guy. I took Mike Evans just because I haven't had him in any other league this yeah, season. I, I guess re- that. I don't know how I did. I really wanted Mike Evans in one of these leagues, so I just went ahead and took him. I think that his ceiling is still top quarterback potential. Especially, like, their division just is full of bad secondaries. Oh, yeah. So, I'm okay with Mike Evans that early. Uh, I got Dez. I feel like with, like, he just talked about Prescott. I feel like Dez is ceiling super high. And a guy I've been targeting very recently who I think could absolutely explode, even though he had a horrible preseason game, is Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Even yeah, in a you're standard league. Yeah. So, Tyreek Hill... Was is people like oh a fifth round draft pick like okay he's not that like the ceiling's not that high if he was a fifth round draft pick but no he he was supposed to be like a second round pick yeah. last season but he had off the field issues which has just been dropping guys like crazy in recent drafts mm-hmm. so the talent was there in college and the Chiefs knew what they were getting yeah 
I think without Macklin there, without Macklin, I, I can't remember the weeks. I think it was like six weeks. I don't remember the weeks specifically. But when Macklin wasn't in the lineup last season for Kansas City, if you took all of the receptions that he had in those span or that span and you moved it for 16 whole games for the season, he would have had like 109 receptions. Like that's nuts. That's a lot. That's a lot of receptions, guys. Not to mention that he's just better this season. That that mm-hmm. second year jump for wide receivers is huge. Yep. So I I really think that they could completely build this offense around Tyreek Hill. Not to mention Spencer Ware just got hurt. Kareem Hunt's value obviously shoots up, but we yeah. haven't seen Kareem Hunt enough to know whether or to not you can get. rely on him for the whole offense. I still love Kareem Hunt. He is a third round pick in my opinion. Now a lot of people would say wait till the fourth, but no, yeah, you can, you get, can him. get him in the third. I feel like an Andy Reid running. Don't back. be bashful. Yeah, he's got no competition for that starting job. No, not at all. So I really like that. Um, Another guy I got later than I thought I would was Doug Martin. He keeps falling. Yeah, you stole him from me. I fall on. He yeah, he's suspended for the first three games. But after that, you know what you're gonna get from him. After that, you got a starting running back. Well, I mean, you don't know what you get because he likes to lay eggs too. I kind of know. But I I feel like this is the most confident I've ever been in Doug Martin, which says a lot. Dougie Fresh. So I'm okay with taking him like the fifth and just like right now I've got Isaiah Crowell and Mark Ingram as my starting running backs, and. I think that's enough. Yep. But if you throw Doug Martin in there if for Don't like five weeks and stuff, I think that he could really win me this league if he's Certainly. that good. Yeah, that's how I feel with a lot of the people like I have on the bench kind of like the Doug Martin idea. Like Duke Johnson, I think we both think could probably take over the RB1 oh, at Cleveland. If Crowell loses that starting job, Duke Johnson could yeah. be huge. Yeah, I think the fact that I got Duke, I think he's huge. You know, everyone's mixing, mixing, mixing. I'm a mixing guy. I think he's got great talent. That's why I made him a huge priority in the Dynasty League to make sure I got him in the rookie draft. But Jeremy Hill, I got him super late. I had to reach on him because they were taking some weird guys towards the end of that draft. I reached on him, but you get the starting running back. Yeah. Like, starting as running of back. right now, you know he's going to get the most carries. He's getting goal line. He's Probably getting, getting third down actions. Close to 10 touchdowns. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. I've talked about it earlier. Touchdown, guys. Touchdown, guys. Touchdown, guys. Touchdown. It's a thing you need. Um, real happy about that. I think the biggest bummer I had, and I was super excited for this pick, was Cameron Meredith. I was. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever been hurt, that hurt, literally, <laughs> after an injury. That and knee, that injury looked gruesome. It's, gru- a, it's gruesome. I feel gruesome. terrible for him. I hope he gets a speedy recovery, comes back healthy, and can really affect. I think Trubisky and him would have had something this year. Yeah. And yeah, I say Trubisky. I really think Glennon, by week four, is out. He's, he's he just doesn't look that good. Like I, no. and Trubisky's and he's, his arm looks surprisingly good. Like I watched tape on him in college, and I don't know. I thought that was a horrible pick, but it, I'm coming around. I'm slowly becoming a Trubisky fan. Yep, get those Bears jerseys ready. I thought, in my opinion, real quick, because Patrick Mahomes has looked fantastic too. Yep. I I if I was taking Trubisky that early, I would have taken Mahomes instead, just because. Yeah. Upside. I think the same upside's there, but, like, he proved it more in college. Yeah. So, like, you knew what you were getting. But the thing is, is in Texas Tech, Baylor, yada, 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 high-powered offenses haven't translated too, too well to the NFL level yet. Well, yeah. I mean, you got RG3, but you also have to think RG3 had three NFL-wide, like, higher-draft-picked NFL wide receivers for his Heisman season. But also, where Patrick Mahomes doesn't have... Yeah, like but I'm just saying, like those high-powered college offenses, we see we see how bad Bryce Petty looks. Well, given yeah, an opportunity, Bryce Petty wasn't a talent like everyone, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but everyone loved 
Petty's arm strength, the potential that he could have developed into, similar to Landry Jones. It's like these, I mean, these guys that like could do things. It's like it's gonna be like Blake or Mayfield. Like he, he's great athlete, could do things. You just I don't think he's. I mean, he he could win the Heisman. It wouldn't shock me, but I don't think he's going to be a high draft pick. No, I hope not. That it's the season took a weird turn if he's a high draft pick. Yeah, literally Rosen. Everyone just fell off. Yeah, there's a lot of even Lamar players. Jackson fell off. And that Honestly, Lamar Jackson's one of the most interesting prospects. If he would just not be a quarterback, yeah, or if his, he just like has Mike Vick sit him down and be like, "Listen, this is what I did wrong. This is what I should have done. This is how I was successful in my like second career." Yeah, if you heard Mike, Michael Vick talk about the changes that Andy Andy Reid. Oh, weird. It was still like one of the best quarterback whispers there is. I mean, look at what Donovan did after he left Andy Reid. Not nothing. A, and I love Donovan. Kevin Cobb, nothing. Yeah. Who was the other guy? The guy. Nick Foles, nothing. Just just keep making the list. It's That's why I really like Patrick Mahomes. If you have a keeper league, pick him up at the end of the year. I don't care if he's not starting. Pick him up. Just to see. Yeah, he's gonna be heavy, but pick him up. Yeah. Pick him up. Let's roll into our last, last segment. segment. Real quick. By ourselves. That was a good draft though. That was. It was Kudos to both draft. of us. Yeah. Because we felt like we both won that. We definitely have top, the top of the teams, in my opinion. Not yeah. even close. And we had good guys drafting. We had both of the guys we did our mock drafts with. They yeah. were both in there. We have a fun league with that group. Yeah, It's like the majority of our dynasty league with some sprinkles. With some very colorful sprinkles. Nice. Sprinkles. Sprinkles. Okay. So quick buy or sell. These are guys that I'm going to ask you their breakout potential. And I want you to buy or sell and then tell me why. I'll okay. also throw my thoughts in there, too. Uh, let me give you... I feel like this is an easy one. Marcus Mariota. Buy or sell his breakout to be... I'm going to say top half... A quarterback six or higher. Just like the top half of a starting quarterback. Top half? Um, I'll buy. You're going to buy that? I'm going to buy it. Okay. Because I just I feel like he showed us glimpses last year before. And he showed us glimpses all the way since he got from Oregon. He's got the talent there. He finally has talent around him. He's got a two, lot of talent. Two great running backs. He's got Eric Decker, touchdown guy. He's got Rashad Matthews, who had a great season last year. You know, he's got Sharp, who did decent for a little while last year. Could stop punching his teammates. Yeah, it'd be cool. You know, Corey Davis comes around the men soon. Probably one of the best tight ends that never gets talked about, Delaney Walker. Plus a rookie in yeah. Johnny Smith, who apparently is Delaney Walker Jr., who's going to. Whoa. Yeah, I feel like he's not old enough to have a team anymore. Yeah, that'd be weird, but yeah, okay. It's like Ken, we can roll with Ken Griffey. Yeah, but yeah, I think he's got so much around him. He's got the keys to the car. It's just time to drive. And you know what else is I think super? It's it's slept it's on. It's super slept on with his game. Is the fact that he can run the ball too? I mean, wow. you look at Tyrod Taylor, who sucks. He's terrible. He can run, but he was a viable fantasy quarterback almost every week because he'd get you your fifty rushing yards and yeah. potentially a touchdown. Let's not forget that like, what Marcus had like an 80, 90 yard run there. Yeah, he was fast. He's a fast guy. He's he real, real efficient, especially in the red zone. I think he could hit thirty five touchdowns. It wouldn't surprise me. He had home runs too. Maybe cool. he's a pretty big dude. Probably everyone likes home runs. Yeah, checks things below well. Chicks do take the long ball. Next guy. Next guy. Okay, let me let me give you a little bit of a harder one. Amari Cooper. We're gonna slowly work our way up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm gonna sell. You're gonna sell it. Okay. Yeah, until Crabtree 
shows a decline in his touchdown potential. I just I can't really fully buy in. Yes, he's had thousand yard season after thousand yard season. I get that. I, I'm cool with it. He needs to prove to me that he's going to score. Um, unless it's PPR, I'm not going to care about any of these other stats. Like he needs to get the ball in the end zone, and then I'll be impressed. Yeah, I, I will sell him as a wide receiver one too. Just literally, it's because. The talent's there. I mean, you saw that triple coverage catch that was yeah. just a stupid throw by Derek Carr, but it ended up working out. Because Amari Cooper's a baller, and he's going to go up and get that ball. But I, it's the opportunity. Michael Crabtree's the better red zone target. They mm-hmm. have they have Jared Cook now, who I don't know if – I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't use him, but who knows what the Raiders are going to do with him. Yeah. You got Lynch. They're going to run the ball more. I don't think he's going to get more than five touchdowns, which just isn't enough. It's just no. not enough for that wide receiver one. Um, Isaiah Crowell. I'm going to sell. Like I just said, I, I think Crowell really has to own the first couple weeks. If there's any doubt in Cleveland's mind, they've already shown they had enough doubt in their quarterback play that they went with a rookie. Hugh oh, Jackson's not playing around. So if there's any doubt in Crowell's game, Duke Johnson's going to get starter, starter amount of touches. He might already get that if he plays in the slot. So like I just I don't buy it. I'm selling that one for sure. Yeah, I'm selling it too. I, I have him on some of my teams. But it's just because the value is there. It wouldn't surprise me if he had like 1,200 yards and 10 yeah. touchdowns. It really wouldn't surprise yeah. me. But that's not what I expect out of him, especially no. with the, the year he had last year. It was a decent year. But you take out his two like really big runs, and it, was a, it wasn't was a great year at all. Like His carry average drops considerably. Yeah. So I'm going to sell him too. Yeah. Um, if Kaiser starting says anything, it says that this is a huge year to play around to kind of test things out. This is test year. Next year is probably the year he's on the hot seat. So if it's him testing it out, Duke probably will get a little more action. Yeah. So no, that's a great point. Um, how about Amir Abdullah? Do you buy him being an actual? I would say running back too, because Detroit can't support. Yeah. No, I can see him being a running back too. I can definitely buy that. I just it's about time someone takes over that spot. Um, I saw, I heard this this morning. Do you know who the last 100 yard rusher that the Lions had? The the last one, last running back to rush for 100 yards in a game, probably Barry. <laughs> Not that far back. I just I don't I don't even I can't even think of anybody else. Reggie Bush, four years yeah. ago was the last time they had a 100 yard rush. That's insane. I didn't even know they allowed him to do that. A little That's off insane. topic here, but people are screaming about Matthew Stafford's contract. Like they they can't do anything else. Like mm-hmm. you have to pay the man. Okay, back to back to. No, I just I think it's about time someone takes over that spot. He's got the potential to do so. Like he shows glimpses, glimpses, glimpses. This is the year he puts it together. No, he may not be a top ten back, but all we're asking for that as a, as a running back too is to be top twenty four. I can see him sneaking into 18, 18 yeah. 20 spot. Yeah, I think that, that he's going to have some big games and he's going to have some bad games. Yeah, and I think that's a running back too. And it's if he's your best running back, you have probably you're going to have issues yeah, at probably. that position. But if he's your second back, I'm I'm happy with that. So yeah. I'm going to buy that as well. Last guy. This is a little bit of a weird one. Because huh. everyone thought he was going to be breakout yeah. like three months ago. And now all of a sudden you don't really hear his name too much. Willie Sneed. Yeah, no, I buy. I, you I, still buy? I, it's one of the most hurtful decisions that I, I traded him in our dynasty. Like, I just There's so much potential with you not knowing where the ball is going to go. In that offense, like someone's got to take take away Cook's touches. He already had a lot of touches last year, a lot of looks his way. It's going to continue to go his way. He has proven time and time again to Drew Brees that he will catch the ball and do stuff with it. This is the first time I'm going to disagree with you okay. somehow. 
I'm going to sell it. I think that he is not going to be like a wide receiver too. I don't even think he's going to be a good flex option this season. Ted Ginn's still above him on the depth chart. He's apparently looked kind of bad. I don't know if they trust him. I think Kobe Fleener gets more integrated. I think those touches, um, Alvin Kamara, Kamara, however you say his name. Yeah, Kamehameha. I forget what is he. He apparently said his mom says it one way, but he prefers the other way. That's kind of messed up. I feel like. Now listen to your mom. Yeah, trust what your mom says, man. Kamara. I think he said Kamara. I think that's what he's going. Yeah. At. But he's going to take receptions. Yeah, no. I, there's going to. There's going to. I think they run the ball more with Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram. I. I think that those touches go elsewhere, and I don't know if Willie Sneed's a, a viable fantasy run. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I think that's a thing to keep in mind in that scenario. It's kind of like New England in the aspect. There's just so many mouths to feed. Yeah. Be, be wary of those situations. You, I, I think he'll have a few games where you're like, man, I wish I started Willie Sneed. But to start off, not, I don't know if I would start him. Yeah, I agree. So, it's hit or miss. We'll finish off. I think is that all you got with the game? Yeah. We'll finish off just saying some quick NFL news. Hayden got cut by the Browns, picked up by the Steelers. Scares me a lot. I know he had a down year. It doesn't scare me. He, he looked pretty bad. There's a reason they just straight up cut him and bit some of the money. Yeah, I, I, there is a reason. That if you get cut from the Browns, it's usually not a good idea. But he stays in the division probably to get some revenge on the Browns, show him that he's on that all-winning team. Um, we also have a couple guys on the block. We have Matt Forte can be on the trade block. Yeah, it could be a slew of different trades. It could be potential. Apparently, Jermaine Curse is one guy to look out for on the yeah, trade block. Vance McDonald got traded. Yep. So, so all, I've never seen so many trades happen. Yep. Moves are coming. It's that mobility thing. It's yeah. great for the NBA. It's obviously going to be great for NFL. So keep an eye on that as we get ready for next week's episode. Wrapping it up here. I think this is a good one. Yeah. Felt pretty good about it. Yeah, guys, buckle up every Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Yeah, buckle up. We might have some sprinkled ones in there here and there whenever we want to feel like doing a second one. Yeah. But this is guaranteed. Guaranteed. Every Thursday morning, pop pop us right in your car's stereo system. Yeah. We'll take you to work. Apple, iTunes, podcast, app. Yeah. Our name goes up in in the search bar. Yeah, it's a thing. We're going to work on a new logo somehow soon. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to get it, but it's going to get done. We have sweet tunes. We have a sweet logo. We're making this thing real. Yeah. This is a thing. This is official. Keeping it going. Keeping it going. Yeah. Yep. Like us on the Facebook. Use use the Twitter stuff at Excuse the Fandom. Instagram stuff at Excuse the Fandom. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Peace.